0: what you have always wanted to do. Today on Max's Island, it's a little bit different for me. I'm talking to somebody who I've only just met. Mm-hmm. So this is really exciting for me. So I'd like to introduce Yvette Gray. Thanks for joining us on Max's Island, Yvette.
1: Oh, thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me.
0: So as you know, this podcast, Max's Island, is an opportunity for people to tell stories about when they did something crazy, went against the flow, did something against what other people had advised them to, or just did something really different. So the microphone's all yours. Tell our listeners about your story.
1: Okay, thank you. I guess compared to most people in society, the different or the most different thing about me or one of the most different things about me is that I've chosen to be a non-drinker. That happened about well, nearly two and a half years ago and I can definitely say I will never look back
0: oh that's very interesting mm. obviously the question is what led you to make that decision
1: well the decision to stop drinking was kind of like the icing on the cake in a long journey of healing for me I had an eating disorder as a young person and that existed for a period of about 14 or so years Then that transitioned into a marijuana addiction for about another 12. And at that point, I went and saw a kinesiologist, and that was incredible.
0: Had you seen more traditional health professionals?
1: I had seen a psychiatrist that specialised in eating disorders, but that was only for a short time because it was extremely expensive and... There was no funding for things like that back in the day, so unfortunately that was the consequence that I just had to walk away from having that treatment. I also did some cognitive therapy with a a psychotherapist. That was very interesting, that was in in a group context. And both of those things certainly did a little bit to help me, but in essence I really did the the healing journey on my own and once I'd seen the kinesiologist and things improved greatly in my life and I stopped doing things that were harming me it highlighted the relationship that I had with alcohol which I didn't realize was also harming me and my relationship with myself.
0: Really interesting because you know alcohol is so much a part of most people's lives in in a way um, whether it be through work or through friends and social scenes Mm -hmm. so what what had influenced you uh, in your life you know was your work scene making it difficult or making it um, a situation where you it was easy access to to alcohol
1: well it's a huge part of the culture in the industry that i'm in i'm I'm in the fashion industry i work as a makeup and hair artist i also work as a model agent and in the advertising world which i'm very heavily involved with with, through both of those things you know it it is a huge part of the culture but it's a huge part of culture in life in general i mean we celebrate with it we commiserate with it you know people relax with it you know people Reward themselves with it and all sorts of things. So yeah, it's a very huge part of a lot of people's lives
0: So you made the decision?
1: Yes. Yes. And then what happened? Well, I'll tell you how I made the decision initially I came across a book on my Facebook page written by a WA author by the name of Rebecca Weller the book was called a happier hour and you could sample the first chapter free of charge So I did that and I found so much of what this woman was saying resonating with me. And I realized that it had been something that had been on my mind for a very long time. And so the very next day, I had breakfast with my best friend. My best friend had had issues with alcohol herself for a long time previous. And so at the time that I had the conversation with her, she had been alcohol free for seven years. And at breakfast I said to her, you know, I'd read this chapter and I found it just so intensely resonating that I felt like I was preparing myself to make that decision. And she had said to me that it was the best decision that she had ever made for herself. And then I went away that afternoon and I realised that I didn't in fact need to prepare myself at all. I was already ready to make that choice. So that was the last day. Or the night before was the last time I'd I'd had a drink. That was the 7th of June, 2017. And I haven't looked back since. And if you had have said to me three years ago that that was a choice that I was going to make, I would have just said, (laughs) give me another champagne. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, surprisingly, that's what I've done. And it's been the most incredible thing ever.
0: So I'm assuming you downloaded the entire book
1: yes I did I purchased the book and I read it and I found a lot of it resonated with me I've since met the author she's an amazing woman and yeah I I didn't tell my husband even for a couple of days because I wanted to be sure in myself that I was making the choice for me and didn't want to be swayed in any way about that choice uh, because you know another part of the cultural attachment to alcohol is the feeling of belonging and that's something that people do together so doing something differently and separating yourself from that you know not only creates situations for yourself but it highlights it for other people as well. I'm always
0: interested when there are books or things like that philosophies that people introduce that um change people's attitudes immediately. Was there one particular thing within the book or was it just a general tenant that sort of opened your eyes?
1: No, it was really just the first chapter and the fact that I could relate to a lot of what she was saying, you know, hangovers and feelings of shame and occasional blackouts. I mean, it wasn't anything major. I didn't have a huge problem with it and it was probably quite what is considered a quote-unquote normal relationship according to what I see other people have. However, I just became acutely aware that I didn't want to have that shame in my life anymore and life's too short to not remember everything and to not be present when you're having conversations with people. And I realised, you know, I might be standing there talking to somebody but instead of listening to them, I was thinking about how much was in my drink and getting to the bar, and the next one, and that sort of thing. And I just thought, I don't want to be that person. I was ashamed of what it brought out in me.
0: So I've got two questions around this. So the first one is, did it change you in terms of the way you operated as a professional? And then secondly, how did your friends, workmates, look at your decision?
1: I don't think it changed the way I work professionally, because I've always been highly professional in the way that I operate, and I've always been very proud of that. I may have gone to a few jobs here and there with a hungover, but I was still always on time and always did the job, and I kept that to myself. In terms of responses from friends, I've had a huge myriad of responses, from, from friends and family and I still get that and I'm sure I will continue to get that you know for the rest of my journey it's really interesting how other people react or respond to you in terms of that because it highlights for them their own relationship and for a lot of people that's not a nice place for them to be it makes them uncomfortable so instantly a lot of people will project that on you and You know, they want to know why, and they ask quite intensely personal questions, and I'm okay with that, you know, because I'm a very open person.
0: Do you think they're looking for, you know, something that allows them to distance themselves from making that sort of decision? So they're looking for something really dramatic, like a health scare or a spiritual enlightenment, uh, um, finding God, or anything, something like that, yet often it's and it appears to be none of those things Mm. in terms of the um a real dramatic thing other than just the realization that there's a better way
1: that's right that's right and we're all responsible for ourselves on this earth it's up to us to become the best possible human that we can be and so i just took that responsibility on board and you know that's a decision for me when i make a decision for me it's got nothing to do with you and your relationship however it, it does bring that up for people, which is very interesting.
0: It's been a couple of years now. Yes. Any feelings at any point in time that you would change that and go back to the lifestyle
1: you had before? No, Um, the most profound change for me, which was the most unexpected, was that, I think it was probably about day 18 into it when I had been for my regular walk at Lake Munger. I was on my way home and I just had this intense emotional feeling come over me where I actually thought to myself, I'm finally healed. I really am healed. I'm finally comfortable in my skin and I mean it. And to have that when you've been so hard on yourself to come from a place of literally self-loathing to go, oh my God, I'm free is just, yeah, I can't put a price on that. And so that is why I know I won't go back. I I can't even stand the smell of it anymore, which I didn't expect to be a consequence either. You know, I love champagne and wine, you know. Ask anyone in my life and, you know, I really did enjoy a drink. But now it's like, oh, it's like literally my body repels against it.
0: And is there anything else that has come with it where you've now gone, actually, I don't need to do that either
1: well yes it it has really shown me that any discomfort that we have in life whether that be something to do with a relationship with somebody else or yourself or any stresses from work everything passes if you just sit with it and let it pass we are always so quick to numb things in our life. You know, we we numb things with alcohol, with drugs, with with all sorts of things. So, yeah, when you do that, when you numb things, you're also numbing the good. You're not just numbing the bad. And you're just putting off having to deal with certain feelings and and thoughts, so...
0: Yeah, because perhaps... we're always thinking about what we're losing without even thinking about what we're actually gaining. That's right.
1: And that I wrote a blog about that very thing, about gaining so much. And you know, I realised I wasn't giving up anything. I was gaining my life.
0: I'm glad you mentioned your blog. So I'm aware that you've documented some of this, of some of your process and some of your, your journey. How did you find writing the blog and what, did, what sort of reaction did you get from it?
1: I got a very surprised reaction from a lot of people writing it I found really easy because I've always really really loved writing and when it's something that you're passionate about it just flows so I found that quite cathartic as well and also because I'm a big believer that our purpose on this earth truly is to help one another and that's as simple as that so if I can share something that someone else might relate to and that might trigger them to then help them become the best version of themselves well then that's way more than i could ever ask for
0: it's interesting that's a really interesting point i find that people who are empathic like that and want to um, really understand others and and let others make their own decisions about their life and and are really concerned about the way other people think Are often the ones that don't do the same thing for themselves so you've actually achieved something where you've satisfied your own desires as well as understanding how others may feel yes so Yvette you mentioned the reaction that you got from the blog did people reach out to you for further advice around their lives?
1: Yes, I received an unexpected amount of private messages from people saying that they had been thinking about doing it themselves and thank you for sharing because they felt that it gave them permission to then give it a go. I've had people say that they've tried it and then they've gone back to drinking. But, yeah, it's been just really lovely having people connect in any way about it Um, because, you know, connection's what we're here for as well. And just, just fascinating people's views on it. And it was almost like a secret permission to be able to share their real thoughts and feelings with me instead of, you know, going with the norm and doing what they think society thinks that they should be doing, if that makes sense.
0: And that everybody else is doing, yeah. That's right. That's part of that. That's
1: right. And so what's the
0: future for you, do you think, Um, Is this something that um, is just now, obviously it's now normal in your life?
1: Yes. Well, I've written a book. It's in the hands of my sub-editor at the moment. The book follows the journey basically from birth through to the healing of the eating disorder and then the icing on the cake of that was the experience with giving up alcohol. So I'm glad the book has taken as long as it has taken to write because I didn't expect to have that as the final chapter when I started the book.
0: Oh, so the book started before?
1: Oh, way before, way before. It's been over a six year process writing the book. So yeah, as I said, I never knew that that was going to be the final chapter, or that I would finally be able to say that I I do literally feel really healed now.
0: Because of this experience during the course of writing the book, did you then go back and adjust what you'd written beforehand? To, to create greater meaning?
1: No, not really. It was literally just an, an attachment at the end saying, you know, this is what I've done now and this is what it's done for me, just so that people who are reading the book and reading about the eating disorder will understand that alcohol can be a factor in that as well and that if they remove that from their life, being quite volatile with an eating disorder then that will assist them in feeling better about themselves and more comfortable in their own skin as well. So when, for me.
0: when do you think that you'll be publishing?
1: Well it will be next year, we were hoping for this year but things always take longer and I'm, I'm really glad that as I said it's taken as long as it's taking anyway because I feel like everything happens as it should. And I'm starting to really trust in the flow of life and not push back or push against and just let things happen as they're meant to be. I really understand that there's a reason for that when things take a certain amount of time. Well, once it is finished uh, next year, I, I hope to go... Well, I plan on going around to... I'll start with my old school and then other private schools, giving talks to young people about both eating disorders and alcohol and how it's affected me and hopefully I can help prevent somebody from going down the same path that I did, if nothing more than to understand a little bit more about it.
0: That's a great uh, goal to have and um, I think there's I think in that environment young people in particular are looking for different sort of role models. Yes. And particularly people who may they may not know and Come across as regular people. I think one of the um, perhaps turn offs a little bit where it might be a well known sports person or a movie star coming back and, and, and um, trying to be a role, role model around their lifestyle is that, or lifestyle change, is that often people can't relate to that person. So relating to somebody who has had a regular professional life and Yet has experienced so much, then the impact will be. Um, I'm sure it'll be really great for them.
1: I hope so. I hope so. Because when I was 18, I certainly didn't know any adult that didn't drink, and so the choice of not drinking never even crossed my mind. You turned 18. You celebrated by going out party with your friends, and that's just what you did from then on. So yeah, I, I'm really happy to be that different person, for my nephews, my nieces, and you know anybody out there that is inspired to question themselves. That's the most important thing. You know, this journey isn't for everybody. It's perfect for me, but you know, everyone's relationship with themselves and with alcohol is their own. So how
0: do you take it when someone says, gee, you're a wowser now?
1: <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> that's, that's their opinion, and that's fine. I understand why people might think that, but, you know, I certainly have fun being me and doing what I enjoy doing without alcohol. And I'm the one that wakes up fresh every morning and always remembers my conversations and experiences now and is really proud of how I conduct myself, socially, professionally, and personally.
0: I've got an interesting question, I think. So when you're at a restaurant Mm -hmm. and everybody at the table is taking their drinks order, Mm -hmm. ordering beer or wine. Do you order just the water that's coming around the table or do you go for a cool drink or something like that?
1: Well, I I choose not to have soft drinks because they're sugar-laden and that's not what I want to be putting into my body. So a lot of the time it is just sparkling water or soda, lime and bitters, something like that. Some restaurants are uh, quite forward with the times and will offer a good selection of alcohol-free drinks we've still got a long way to go as far as that goes uh, but yeah generally I'm I'm quite health conscious so I'm really happy to have the good hydration of the bubbly water I'm happy with that.
0: Do you ever have interesting conversations with waitstaff over that?
1: Not really. Not really I think
0: people are probably more comfortable now just often um, just drinking water and they're out anyway, yes. so it's probably not a rare occurrence.
1: That's right, but I am coming across more and more people who have made the same decision for themselves. So I'm starting to feel like not so much of a weirdo.
0: So you said you you, you work in the fashion industry yes. and and, and the advertising. Um, do you still see the drinking culture very strong in those areas?
1: Well, absolutely, absolutely. Fashion industry is huge for it. There's always pre-drinks before a show and after drinks. So, yeah. so when
0: somebody in the industry finds out you've taken this path, do you find that um, there are people coming up to you saying, I'd like to be able to do that as well because I want to change the way uh, I, I, I live in this, in this industry? Or do yes. you think it provides some... And going back to this role model thing, especially with um, uh, young women... Uh, perhaps in in this in this space that, um, that where they may feel pressure that they need to fit in from a fashion point of view, and that um, seeing you not conforming that there's a uh, it gives them an opportunity to to be a little bit more liberated in making a decision.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it gives them something to think about, if if nothing more.
0: So bet you've made your decision and you're very comfortable in your own self and your own position that you have and the way you, you interact with others have you got to the point where you might actually not go some somewhere because of the amount of alcohol and you just don't want to be exposed to it
1: yes i, I have made a few different choices around that of late i've noticed i'm not sure whether that's an age thing or an alcohol thing i, I think Alcohol does have a little bit to do with it because you get to a certain point where people are not fun anymore when they've been drinking for a certain amount of time. They start to ask you the same questions or say the same things to you and not be so aware of personal space and things like that and rather than be in an awkward situation I find it best just not to put myself in that situation
0: (laughs) well Yvette thanks for being on Max's Island I have really enjoyed talking to you I think all of us in life we look at certain things that we're doing and that certain things that we'd like to be doing very hard to make that transition often without something that is a uh, dramatic moment so the fact that you have been able to do it very consciously very deliberately and as we said before it's not so much what you've given away but very much about what you've allowed yourself or you've allowed to bring into your life
1: absolutely it's about reframing you know when you reframe things it's it's that saying you know When you change the way you look at things, what you look at changes. And that really is so true.
0: Yeah. So thank you very much for joining us on Max's Island. Good luck with the future. In particular, good luck with the book. And maybe once the book is released, we can have you back on the island and you can tell us about the work that you are doing as a role model and influencing the lives, positively influencing the lives of others.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And if anyone's interested in further in my journey, my Instagram page is hashtag from loathing to love. Thanks, Avet. Thank you, Tony.
2: details of life Each day was a blur, oh work and no play, and how how had it turned out this way He told me his plan a short term escape Every sense was engaged. His mind was as clear as the sky, completely alone. No emails or phone.